Boom. Just like that. Boom, boom. Welcome back. I missed you guys so much. I miss you too. Yes. So much. Likewise. <laughs> wow, is that the person that made you late? Oh my god. Shame. 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 Look at this little imp. For our listeners, uh, Brayden was late for our recording and... Because uh, of this imp. Yeah. <laughs> this little imp. Two, two angels. Don't call wow. that one an angel. She's an imp. <laughs> She's 50% angel, 50% devil. It was also my fault. I'm just allowing you guys to blame her. Sonia, with your fucking setup, you look like Joe Rogan. <laughs> oh my god, really? That's so cool. <laughs> so cool, man. Buy you fucking imp. Never me. make Brayden late ever again, yeah. or else there will be consequences. Or we'll get you. <laughs> we'll get you, Bye. man. Shorty's here, too. Shorty! How has everyone been? Tell me everything. I think quarantine's finally starting to get to me. Me as Didn't well. Didn't you say this before? Everyone has said this before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm updating the listeners. Perfect example of how we know Actually, it's no. Sonia, you posted a thing in our group chat the other day that was like kind of like, why are people so fucked up by the quarantine? I was like, hard disagree on this one. Like, I feel like I'm in like a vortex of space and time. Yeah, I know. I wanted to talk about that because I was like, I, I look, it's getting to me. But I thought he was being a little dramatic, is all I'm saying. But yeah, you, you also went from yeah, but you went from working and like you you had like I said, people who are impacted negatively. I get it. But this yeah. is a guy who like works from home as a journalist, oh, and I'm yeah. just like, you're a bachelor. Like, why do you care? I don't know. And he was like. I feel like I'm in a prison of my mind <laughs> and I was like eh. <laughs> I do feel very like groundhog day every day is kind of the same and I have the same emotions at the same time of day but <laughs> it's all right I'm settling into it my emotions are erratic I am all over the place I never know what's what I'm gonna be feeling one hour to the next <laughs> yeah I mean yeah I feel a little weird but I but they're gonna start opening things up soon garden centers that also now scares me because I'm starting to get used to this life. Yeah, oh, and me I'm like, too. oh, this weird <laughs> new life, the new world order is beginning. Yeah, I've developed agoraphobia, I think. Like, I look at my door sometimes and I'm like, oh, the world out there, like, it's so scary. Yeah, I just, I just went out, like, to, we just, like, drove by our friend whose birthday it is today. Uh... I felt like an alien in a new world. Like, I didn't make eye contact with anyone. And then I was like, oh, it's been too long for me to say hi to these people I know very well. Like, one of them was my brother. <laughs> I was like, hey, hey guy, hey, uh, we got to go now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and he said, nice to meet you. And I just nodded and left. <laughs> Your brother did? Yeah. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> I went to visit my Nana and I had the same sensation like I was three meters away from her and then I just didn't know what to say or do I felt very and I strange to talk about too because it's like everyone has the same story so it's like quarantine yeah so life is the same for everyone so it's kind of like awkward because nothing has really changed fucking anyways tired of it though <laughs> I got a bike I got a bike though you're gonna be zooming around on the yeah, bicycle. I got, I got a bicycle. My parents gave me my grandma's old bicycle that was in their garage. So now I'm gonna be a bike chick. 
I got a bike too, um, but it was after a lengthy search on Craigslist and meeting some very interesting characters on there via email, as I shared with you guys. That one where I was like, hey, do you mind holding? Like, I'll definitely buy this bike. Can you hold it for two days? And he like responded in capital letters being like, I have been burned many times before. I will not hold a bike for someone I do not know. I didn't even know that that was him. I thought you wrote that as like a satire. (laughs) No, that was, I literally, I wrote a really, I wrote a really nice email being like, hello, blah, 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 blah. And then that was his one and only response to me. Well, clearly so he's been through some shit. I get that. Yeah, people on Craigslist are probably... <laughs> Has he been like, trying to sell the same bike center. for like three years, though? Yeah. Is it the same <laughs> item that he's been selling? Or just everything he sells, he gets burned on? Like, stop. Maybe he's one of those people who thinks that everyone is out to get him and is always cheating him, you know? Yeah. Well, no? <laughs> he, he missed out on a good customer. Up north, nobody uses Kijiji. I mean, nobody uses Craigslist. It's all Kijiji. Like, there's like three actually, things on the Craigslist. I thought that I I haven't really heard much about Craigslist in a really long time. Like, there was the Craigslist Killers, and then it was all Kijiji after that. <laughs> I think it was. Guess, just I the guess one getting murdered killer. really kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. soured the <laughs> brand. <laughs> I like Craigslist better though. It's simpler, and Kijiji has too many ads and bullshit. I I like Craigslist more because Kijiji doesn't have as many like categories that you can narrow your search for, at least for housing mm-hmm. when I was looking for yeah, a new place in I Toronto. Agree. Did you say use Facebook Marketplace? That's what I generally use. I guess that's that- good because there's like a person like attached to the profile, so yeah. more trustworthy. And it's like they actually have a program kind of built into it now, so you can search for things. And uh, it's pretty comprehensive, but I mean, I'm not really hunting for very specific items, but it's been useful to me in the past. I don't know why I'm speaking. So funny. Funny. No, so go funny. on, go on. I, uh, I'm just like, for some reason, trying to be very politically correct about Careful what you say. Zuck is yeah, listening. I know. I find it so easy to sell stuff on Facebook Marketplace. Like the few times I did it when I had Facebook, it was like, it's gone. But with Kijiji and shit, it takes so long. And most of the people who respond to you are just like disabled, like in the mind. I don't get it. So so on Facebook, people likely don't get burned, whereas the other sites, you never know what can happen. Sometimes they get burned and then they publicly shame the people. And it's like, it's generally like a specific area. So it's... uh, I don't know, the Georgetown talent cell or whatever those groups are called, Storage Wars. So storage you might wars. you might actually, like, you'll have people that know the people, thus mm-hmm. creating more shame if things mm-hmm. get to go sideways. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Do you understand? <laughs> All right, enough. Enough. We're going <laughs> to get into the double-double. Mmm, coffee. Two of the hottest trending tweeters this week. Hashtag aliens exist. A, is this in regards to Elon Musk and Grimes' baby? No. No, but that's, I, that's funny. That's a real human baby. It's not an alien. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know man. I don't know about that at all. This is regarding... Um, 
But can this we is... just do a shout out to that real quick? Shout out to A X A whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that the name of the the, the baby. child? The yeah, son? it's like the position of the orbit of Mars or some shit. It's really dumb. That's gonna be a weird baby. It's gonna be like a twelve year old on the cover of like Vogue with like with like a SoundCloud yeah, music like career. S- or like some obscure product, and like, like they make like like crowns out of crystals or something. Just yeah, some very it's gonna weird get like uh, all this surgery where it permanently has like pointed fairy ears and like yeah. and and it's yeah. gonna go into STEM. Maybe it'll yes. be a yes. very normal child. Absolutely has, not, Brayden. No, to Shh. rebel against the parents. Because mm. they'll That's think right, their children. weird parents are uncool. I wonder if Elon Musk is going to experiment on the child and put, like, chips in its brain and shit. I think he has kids. <gasps> really? <laughs> I thought so. With another Yeah, I think he has, like, lady? kids from other marriages. Okay, hashtag aliens exist was not about Grimes and Elon Musk. It was about that fucking video, which the Pentagon declassified and said it was a authentic video of an unidentified flying object. Did you guys see this? Yeah, I I heard about it because... I was walking out of um, Ryan's house and there's the Aurelia Power Hydro people here at his neighbor's house. And then the guy was like, hey, I saw your bumper sticker. And I have a bumper sticker on my car from when Sonia and I did a road trip through the States and we stopped in Roswell, New Mexico. And it's a sticker that says the truth is out there with a UFO. And he's like, hey, did you see that real footage? The Pentagon released it. And I was like, no, I haven't, sir. And he's like, yeah, do you believe in all that? And I was like, absolutely. And he was like, that's great. Yeah. Well, (laughs) check it out. It's pretty cool. Disclaimer, Um, too, this video was released, I think, even over a year ago now because it was leaked. And the Pentagon re-released it like within the past week as like an official video release, pretty much saying that, like, yes, this is real. But to me, it looks like a flying turd. But, um, yeah, it's like an oblong shape and it's kind of hanging in the sky and then it just kind of zooms out of view. I was, I was prepared to be unimpressed because UFOs are always just like clearly like a mark on someone's camera or like a fucking bird or some shit. And I'm just like lame. Classic dust orb. This was, this was the vehicle behaving quite strangely. Did you know that Tom DeLonge from Blink-182 yes. is an alien enthusiast and he has like an organization yeah. dedicated to like, I guess, I don't know what it does. I don't know why, but is I said it was, yeah, this was after After he left Blink-182 um, and then they had the other one, whatever it was called, then he came out with Angels and Airwaves, which was his other band. And, you know, they have... That one song, Aliens Exist, where it's talking about being abducted. Yeah, he's, but yes, he's, crazy. He's pretty well known for that now, I think. He's a big alien guy. Oh, I didn't know that at all. Um, I was confused because he kept calling it his video, but it was it was a video from like a US military pilot, but I guess maybe he like collects them and like <laughs> what I don't know. Jerks Stores off to them, thinks them. About them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck you, aliens. Uh. It sounded like uh, a bunch of kids playing like an online. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, got it! Yeah." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty interesting, just considering the speed at which that was going. It's unlike anything, any technology or any mechanism that we have on Earth. 
So do you think it's a bad sign or a good sign that everyone's quite like not really excited about it? Like everyone was like, whoa. And then they just kind of went on with their day. Don't you find? Yeah, like did yeah. did the Pentagon no, no. really want to like raise excitement for people in quarantine and they just failed miserably? No, I don't think they it? were trying to raise excitement. I think they were just like confirming that it was a real video. But why at this time? Don't know. Probably to distract us from something else. Probably to distract us from a real UFO landing somewhere right on top of the Pentagon. Do you guys think it's real? Like what? that it's sure. an alien? Why not? Yeah, I believe mm-hmm. it. No, probably not. Not that I don't believe like other life forms exist, but I doubt that was one. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know why I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> no, see, really see. I'm finding it hard to care. <laughs> like 15 years ago, I would have been like, what the fuck? And I would have been like thinking about aliens and dreaming about it or whatever this was or like trying to figure it out. But don't dreaming you. About dreaming about it. Dreaming about it. That's so cute. <laughs> but, don't, but don't you find all of our like collective reaction to this is just yeah, like it's quite lackluster? Yeah. yeah. Is that, does that mean that something is wrong with us all? Is like I don't know. That's, As a that, culture? That, like, to me, it ties into the whole, like, time and space have no meaning anymore. It's just, like, one of... It's just, like, everything's kind of fucked up. It's just but another don't, thing. I don't know. But do you think that, po- like, if it wasn't crazy corona times, that the reaction would have been more uh, lively? Because I, I think that we're all just so desensitized so. to crazy shit. And, like, we're all just... This I don't think so because now. with videos like this and like ghost videos and stuff, this is the problem. It's like nobody is going to a hundred percent believe that that's a little alien in a ship driving on Earth. The only way anyone would actually a hundred percent believe that that was an alien or an a actual UFO is if it stopped or if something got out and was like, hello, you know, like. Yeah, but it, like, I don't think it's an alien either, but it's quite bizarre. Like, it's definitely and- bizarre. But I don't think it's like biz- more bizarre than like other shit, and I don't think people are gonna react differently to it because they're in quarantine because no one's gonna fully believe anything unless they see it up front, you know. To Sonya's point, though, like I'm actually thinking about it. I'm like, okay, if it literally an alien got out of there, I'm like, oh, like I just feel like, oh, like that's so much information. Like this is too much. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, like I'm just like, I'm just over I want to go have my third nap for the day. I'm just overstimulated with like weird shit, and it's like, oh, none of it matters. Yeah, do you think that people like? There are other thing, more important, crucial things to care about right now, and that have our like the human race at jeopardy. In no, jeopardy I think we're all enough. desensitized and we're all like overstimulated. Yeah, like I max, think that like out. aliens is at the top of the priority. Like I don't care what's going on, but like a, a fucking flying like whatever the fuck is always like up there, and I don't know. I just remember like remember stumble upon like when you'd like go through yeah. web pages really quickly and i remember like clicking through and it was like a beautiful like photograph of like a, a space photograph of like a nebula and i was like next and then i was like wait a minute <laughs> like 10 years ago i would have been like so astonished by this beautiful photograph and like the capabilities of the human race to be able to capture this in the first place and i'm just like boring like what's next like oh ducks playing in a pond <laughs> i don't know i feel like our minds are all just 
they can't take any more of this yeah. stuff. I just feel like maxed out by like that sort of thing. It's like, can we just chill <laughs> for a bit? I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> like aliens, not cool, man. We got other shit going on. I also feel like all of this already happened as well like over a year ago like all of these conversations were already had this was already in the news everybody already knew about it so the pentagon releasing it is just like affirmation that it's a real video but the actual event itself was already discussed so i think that's also a reason why people don't really care too much now i suppose you're right about that hashtag mental health week fuck mental health week Again, <laughs> one of these goddamn weeks. Yeah, I don't care I feel like, at all. I, really I feel don't. like it's like, yeah, like special day of like being happy and mental health. You know what this week actually is? It's Ainsley week. I feel it's like the, I feel like the mental health week is so redundant this year. Like we're all so hyper focused on mental health right now because of the COVID shit. So it's like really like we need to have a whole week. Like we're living in that. Everyone's yeah talking about their and what is it doing as well? Is it just another like hashtag bandwagon thing where you just yes. like reveal something about your personal life to help others? Like fuck that. <laughs> Who fucking cares? Pretty much. I'm not really sure, but my university keeps sending me these like demonic fucking emails about mental health. It's so annoying. It's like don't forget to like talk to a friend or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, fuck you. You're evil. Like who types these things out? Yeah. They, oh, there's this there's this bingo thing they sent us, which who the fuck would do this? But here are some yeah, examples. Am I mentally ill? Let me play this fucking <laughs> contrived bingo game. Like what the fuck? Yes, let me know if you guys have been doing any of these. Write in a journal and reflect. No. 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 Share an inspiring quote with a colleague. No, that's no. fucking lame as hell. I don't have colleagues. I don't have a job. Next. Same. <laughs> make a make a self care and resilience plan. Ew. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I guess like not an official one. But. I make lists for my day. <laughs> it doesn't count unless you write it fucking down. Okay. Well. Oh my god, okay. this one's particularly terrible. Listen to a TED Talk or Lynda.com video. Linda. So What's Lynda.com? It's like a just like learning tutorials or whatever. Version of Karen. They're really anyway, kind of embarrassing tutorials too. Who like created this? Probably someone very evil. And those are just, like, things that, like, everyday, like, in everyday life. I don't even think those are, like, things that anyone in the world doesn't know about. Yeah. So (laughs) none of that was interesting. Here are some helpful tips for Mental Health Week. Do a bunch of this stupid shit that you already know. Take a shower. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for your help. Make Make your bed. Someone's coming for our podcast. Someone's coming for our podcast throne. Um... Justin Trudeau's wife is starting a mental health podcast. Bitch. It's specifically mental health related. Well, I'm she, really she has that by foundation. That. I think it's called like the We Foundation, and it's about yeah, like loosely, it's about mental health or whatever. Listen uh, to all of us go, eh? I don't <laughs> fuck <laughs> this. We hate it. You're dumb. Bingo, stupid. Like <laughs> I feel like it, w- it could be good. She'll probably get good guests. Yeah, she's got she clout. Kind of stupid. I was. I was listening or I was reading out some of the stuff that she was writing and it was kind of um, 
you know, it was pretty, it was pretty basic, mm -hmm. but I was very confused because it said, uh, Trudeau has spoken openly about living with anxiety and an eating disorder as a woman. And I was like, wait, what? Justin Trudeau has anxiety uh, and I eating disorder? He's a woman? <laughs> He's a woman? <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, oh, his wife. thought process. <laughs> yeah, I'm like so Trudeau glad. is the only... <laughs> <laughs> there's only one Trudeau you can't yeah. do that yeah that so, but yeah I was saying I was saying I thought she'd be smart because her name is Sophie Gregoire but she's not say Gregoire again Gregoire <laughs> yeah I know it's not good I liked it I'm sorry no I liked it I'm I love how you can immediately measure someone's intelligence by their like their passions that they give out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> When they really lean into their passion, you know what I mean. That were like their your advice <laughs> that you give. Yeah, yeah, sure. If someone's like, just think positive, it, you can just write them uh, off. Yeah, exactly. Or they're just being okay. dismissive. Maybe they well, don't. Maybe true. they don't think very highly of your intelligence. That's no, that's true. I could be below them. You're right. <laughs> Not likely, but I mean, <laughs> they're pretty open dumb. to that. There's, there's a few of them. Okay, let's get into the topics for today. <laughs> we must chat I mean, some more. <laughs> we are gonna chat some more. Um, did we're we're gonna talk about generations? <laughs> what about generations? Um, it's really weird talking with the headphones on. So if I I might just like my head just might explode in a second. I know but, you uh, can't hear your own voice. It's a really bizarre. Yeah. How like do you normally do it? With like uh, Apple earphones, so I can hear my voice pretty well, and uh, it's like I'm just talking. But right now, I for our listeners, Sonia cave. also is in a room with a very bright window it's in the, the background, and it's very I've distracting. It looks like she's going to be sucked out, into and it's the getting world. darker. And I don't have the lights on in here, so I'm going to have to change that in a second. But let's get into the topic. So the Walrus had a very interesting article about uh generational fairness i guess you could call it um warfare warfare <laughs> oh yeah the more even more uh confrontational so there was a report by researcher parisa mabubi um i'm probably pronouncing <laughs> that wrong <laughs> m-a-h-b-o-u-b-i mabubi no that's probably how you do it uh, she talks about generational accounting. So you take the taxes that a generation pays against the services they receive. And then you ask who's going to pay for an increase in government spending, um, that generation or future generations. So basically, uh, baby boomers lucked out. They grew up in a time when the stock housing and job markets were in their favor. Uh, their children and grandchildren are going to more or less have to deal with the fiscal consequences of paying for an aging population. And the argument is that, uh, and baby boomers also had very low taxes. So the argument is that they should have to somehow maybe prepay or, or pay for, or it's unfair for their children and grandchildren to have to pay more for their healthcare costs and aging related costs. Why is that I making you laugh so hard? No, not that. It's just Bruce walked across the screen and looked directly into the camera. <laughs> yeah, I was like, as a ghost something on my face or it something? It was very aggressive. Also, Bruce is Braden's cat, not like a person. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> you escaped um, the other yeah, night. This, this article is a... Uh, 
it was concerning, at least for me, because it just kind of like consolidated um, all the anxiety I feel around like my financial situation. And then a lot of the pressure that I do get from my parents in regards to my finances. And my mom has always been really, really responsible with money, but and she has she worked like very hard her whole life to acquire it and she's like invested blah 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 but there is an entirely there is like a standard placed on younger generations too to that like cuz we're told that we're lazy that we don't care as much about things Entitled. i mean okay, these, yeah and like these things are true but at the same time we've been put into this situation where housing is ridiculously high um and housing is really fucking this generation that seems to be yeah it's really yeah and also we have lower earnings it's a higher cost of living so yeah the lower earnings thing is interesting because we're yeah we're more educated than our parents were on average but we're not earning more so it really was all just a wash (laughs) (laughs) don't go to school kids well i mean how do you guys this article um, speaks about (laughs) the amount like the um importance that the government has put on funding or having our tax dollars go toward long-term care. So how do you guys feel about how disproportionate the, the funding is toward these things versus things that could benefit us like education and other social assistance programs? Like personally, I'm going to say it super bluntly. I don't think we should have to be paying for long-term care. I don't want my tax money to go towards that. Other people can put their tax money towards that. I want something that's going to benefit me. I wonder also if, like, um, <laughs> um, assisted suicide, if that becomes more widespread, will, like, reduce that in any way. But I guess population problems are really the deeper issue here, but I don't know. Well, the let me see here. Mm. So, uh, like, it, they used to have the model where the, it used to be really bad because it was, like, pay-as-you-go. So the generation now would be paying for the uh long-term care costs and the pension of the retired generation right now and then Mm -hmm. because the demographic pyramid is like um top heavy that quickly became uh it was obvious that that was going to be unsustainable so uh they did raise contribution rates in 1997 so that boomers could prepay a little bit more into their pensions and then they also created the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board so they could invest that money so it wasn't just like so that the the money would grow mm-hmm. um so they did something about it but they're saying it's not enough um i think it was saying in 19 in the 1970s there were like there were over like 10 um people contributing to any one boomers uh like costs and now it's like down to three so the ratio has dropped considerably mm-hmm. um and they suggested one thing that uh since they can't really tax them more now if you're going to retire your income's going to drop so you can't really do like an income tax thing mm-hmm. but they suggested taxing houses yeah so housing is exempted from a lot of that taxation shit, um, but they're arguing that they, boomers, really benefited from the increases in housing prices big time, and there's a researcher arguing that they should tax the capital gains on that. Um, that would make sense. And that that could help <laughs> maybe uh, fund the long-term care and health care of older people right now. Yeah. 
It's just so hard to say because it's like if you're just like, no, we can't do that. It should go to us. There's so many more issues that go with it. But it's like it's increased so much to a point that it's just like, what about the generation under us paying for our care? It's going to be like <laughs> everything's going to blow up like it shouldn't I don't be, think it'll as, be bad as bad as yeah, it for our us population because the baby boomers are all retiring. Mm-hmm. And but, but when we all retire, there's going to be so much more. <laughs> But they'll be dead, right? (gasps) Like, the baby boomers will have been passed away, essentially, and then our population didn't grow as quickly. Um, So it shouldn't play... Like, the strain of the baby boomer generation shouldn't be equal to ours. There was a boom, but population is, like, still ever-expanding. More so now than ever. Wait, guys, if there, if people end up, if the baby boom goes up because of uh, Corona, then maybe. <laughs> then we'll have we'll to revisit see. this whole theory. Yeah, um, exactly. Well, what do you think? Someone suggested in this article that the problem with all that is that there's not much incentive for politicians to actually even fix this problem because who votes? It's older people and boomers. Who doesn't vote? Young people. So mm-hmm. there's really no like... Yeah, for uh, sure. Though the, the majority of the population being that age, it's not. It it seems like such a tricky situation, and it's obviously not one we can't just not take care of baby boomers in their old age. They certainly have to, and it would put a strain on us to not to not do that properly, um, in terms of healthcare and everything. Um, but yeah, that I, I think that housing thing makes a lot of sense based on what you just explained, mm-hmm. because. That really does seem, and and it it seems kind of poetic in the way that that's where millennials are fucked over the most. Maybe it can be what saves us in the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're saying this could <laughs> that this could like you know depress um, housing prices hopefully a little bit too. But I don't know. I don't know if it'll actually happen because again, there's not much uh, political will because young people aren't going to put on the pressure Didn't because that young people are uh, mentioned too that. It's actually, like, flipped over now that there are more millennials than there are, like, uh, people, like, old people. And, like, we actually have more people of voting age than, like, the generation above us. Like, it's flipped now. There might be more of us as they die off, but less of us are politically active. Okay. But if we all became politically active... People would probably be really dumb and vote for, like, fucking Vermin Supreme. That's what would happen. I would vote for Vermin Supreme. So would I, actually. Um, <laughs> Me too. I, Vermin um, Supreme. I, I, like, um, like, I like thinking about generations because I think it's, like, you've got this nice, for sociological purposes, you've got this delineation of, like, uh, phenomenons and society and then like you kind of watch how people turn out and it's so interesting like the baby boomers being an obvious example of that comparing different generations are is it's actually like it's quite funny at times too you know as like you know all of our grandparents very racist (laughs) all their their opinions and beliefs very different than ours um but yeah uh, back to the article <laughs> saying calling that, out like, my grandparents yeah no my parents, my <laughs> grandparents were not racist oh really <laughs> mine 
Mine I mean, are my, racist. My grandparents are like immigrants who don't speak English. So I don't know if even like applying that framework to them makes sense. Right. You know? Yeah. No, very different. But Sorry like, it, but the va- all your no, I was just, racist. I was just giving you a hard time, but like the values change, right. For better and for worse. So people now are a lot better about a lot of those issues but does it is there really much to show for it because everyone is so much more individualistic and narcissistic that that they may be kind of vaguely more aware of these issues but the, the way they're addressed is sort of through these like through what we have available which right now is like social media and all this performative shit um uh, so like yeah i don't know I, or thinking about someone who was born pre-internet and then someone who was born at a time when like we're going to be able to tell our kids that we existed at a time when the internet wasn't around yet mm-hmm. yeah i think that's mm-hmm. kind of the interest or one of the probably the most interesting parts of our specific generation is that we lived in both times um like we went through our adolescence in the age when internet was becoming ubiquitous um and i, I can't see anything being bigger than that in in recent history i don't know maybe that's kind of narcissistic to say but no that's huge that yeah the internet is the next uh industrial revolution Mm -hmm. like the industrial revolution fucking completely decimated the old way of living and the internet did the exact same thing Mm -hmm. it is we are living through the second wave of that and like the fact that people didn't know how to grapple with that um like the, the world changes so rapidly that's another thing that scares me is like i want to have kids but like I don't know what kind of world it's gonna be to have kids, not in like a doomsday way at all, but more just like because everyone talks about how millennials are all like entitled or whatever and like this and that. And they don't have skills and they have all these issues. And it's like, okay, but they were raised by the generation above them who was just doing the best that they could based on what they knew. But the problem is that what they were kind of doing didn't probably apply anymore because the world was different. So it's probably just going to happen again, or maybe it won't. Maybe since we're all internet savvy um, and I've read some indications that like Zoomers, although they're super used to the internet, now everything is so user-friendly, they're less likely to be going into the back end and all that stuff. So maybe they won't be like, maybe they'll be more like desensitized to it. I don't know, but it's just like interesting to think about that as well like I have all these ideas of oh how can I avoid the problems that I had when I raised my kids but the world's gonna be probably totally different and all my ideas are probably not even gonna fucking matter (laughs) yeah no we are definitely the test generation for the rise of social media I mean from the beginning and uh it's it's quite funny my boyfriend is like he's almost would he be almost a generation different than me anyway I was showing him Instagram and he was literally like disgusted (laughs) by the narcissism like I I cannot even explain to you guys his face um but anyway it was it was quite funny to to see his reaction um but yeah I don't know where I was going with that I was gonna say Jenna had kind of explained that how her I, I was just wondering in your guys' experiences with your parents, say, or your grandparents, did they make you feel the way that we were just discussing as though our generation was lazy, et cetera? Like, did they have those kind of stereotypical views of things? Like, for myself, my mom never really brought up anything like that. And she and she's always, like, recognized that it's very difficult for to buy a house, say, for our generation. has always been very 
very fair about that, but I have heard from a lot of other people that they haven't experienced the same uh, understanding. Yeah, no, my parents are the same as your mom, which obviously I would assume they would be because they're all <laughs> best friends. But yeah, I haven't gotten any guff about anything to do with her. Like maybe like when we're sitting there and I'm making fun of my dad for being old and he's like, oh, well, you're a fucking snowflake, like as a joke. But <laughs> at the end of the day, they don't think that like we're lazy or terrible people. But we do make fun of some things together about my generation. So mm-hmm. My my dad was he grew up on a farm with eight brothers and sisters and he has always he he's like an amazing human being um but his he thinks that the most important thing is your job and regardless of the circumstances you have to push through because in his eyes quote unquote there are assholes everywhere and so when I was having difficulties at my job he's like doesn't matter you're going to encounter them you need to be um loyal regardless to your employer etc cetera, etc cetera, because he grew up basically like if you didn't eat quick enough you wouldn't eat at all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I haven't had any issues with like like my mom like knows obviously how like hard I've tried and stuff uh, so and and feels like understands the economic situation for young people totally but definitely there was a little bit of a disconnect um in terms of like, for example, something like mental health issues, which I totally respect. Uh, and I actually think that kind of helped me in the end um, because they were just like, I don't understand like why your generation is so fucking sad <laughs> and like <laughs> all these like young people like killing themselves and stuff like that. Like it's terrible. And they just had such a different, uh, they, they just, yeah, they didn't understand it because they grew up in much worse conditions and, and it was never like in like a, um, finger pointing like shamey kind of way it was literally just like pure like innocent. a true like, disconnect yes yeah it's like just truly not understanding um and and yeah like I I I find that interesting too like how how can you help your kids when you don't understand the world that they're growing up in but I, I have heard of people's parents uh being like giving like kind of bad advice based on the world that they grew up in like one of my friends her and actually I've seen heard a lot of boomers say this like oh you need to go in and you need to sell yourself you need to (laughs) you need to call them up and say and like whatever and I'm like you realize all these organizations have a fucking HR department and they have like a web portal and they like very clinically like scan resumes for keywords there's no fucking guy i can call like i no, i would yeah. love that i would if i could fucking go in and like wow them with my <laughs> stupid like words and face then i would love to have that opportunity but they don't they belong to an old world where you could do that and like now yeah. they don't understand how disconnected everything is and inhuman everything is that you can't just like wow the guy and get a job you can't just like you have to have all the the requirements yeah you and can't some jobs just too, like it's like literally Literally the first part before you even can be called for an interview is just completely based on the statistics of quizzes you do. Like you can't just call them and be like, hi, I want a job. They'll be like, have you done the online 40 page quiz? And you're like, no. And they're like, okay, well then go fucking do it because you're not getting a job unless you do that. Because it sorts you into categories like likely to succeed at this job unlikely kind of likely so you can't even get you can't even get an interview without doing the bullshit stats shit first they probably also like it would be counterproductive to call them they'd be like what is this fucking idiot that doesn't know about online applications so i don't want them working here (laughs) oh no i I, I, 
the other day her best friend was having an issue with like the healthcare system and my mom called me and was like hey can I have Doug Ford's cell phone number and I was like mom I do not have that information that's amazing I wish I did but she was like I thought he gave it out to everyone anyway she was like maybe in the old days they did also like he might be busy right now yeah um Also, this, Sonia, this goes into that piece that you shared with us from the New York Times, and it was that opinion piece by David Brooks called The Age of Coddling, and it was talking about how uh, a lot of the education system passes everyone, and, like, nobody's a loser, and everyone's a winner, and how the only uh, actual career field or educational program that still insists on this, like, strict competition like you have to be the best you can be and you may lose if you don't work really hard is medicine um and there was a quote that i liked at the very end and it was training a young person is training her or him to master hardship to endure suffering and by building something new from the wreckage redeem it i genuinely i feel like we don't know how to deal with our suffering yeah i think that that might be the heart of like the difference between the generations uh because it's not like like we do millennials have these specific structural issues like housing like we have legitimate grievances for sure but i wouldn't say like we suffer more than than past generations did um it's relative right like but like definitely our relationship to suffering is different i think that back then it was sort of like like it is what it is and you do your best Mm -hmm. and now I don't know maybe because we are more individualistic now and everything is more on display uh people kind of have feel like they need to shoot for this like sex self-actualization thing more so than even just like achieving the basics and also because we have like everything that we could ever want uh we never learn how to just kind of like be okay and we are constantly being fed like stimulating dopamine like uh buttons basically but i <laughs> and wonder so- but sorry i but i also feel like that could be true but this also is like we were discussing earlier like these times are unprecedented and uh, not the specific time but with social media and things like that like the suicide rate rate is increasing across the world like there has to be some I, I don't see it as just like we don't know how to. I, I don't is it think it can be sim- just based on population or like actual. No, like ratio. the rate is okay. But well, it's like, increasing and, in the Western world. But I don't under like I I, I, I I could see that being a facet of it, but I do I can't see that accounting for everything. Like I think that there like humans aren't meant to deal with these certain things, so I think that could be what changed in that. Like what things like, like rising loneliness ha- housing prices and like the oh disconnect. yeah no but that. And of like yeah, social media, I don't like. It's not to say that's environmental worse. issues. That, that's a that, huge thing too. Like living in crisis, but like it's not to say that it's worse. But it's like we literally don't know how to deal with that because no one's ever dealt with it. Yeah. So I don't know if it's like a matter oh, of no. not dealing with adversity properly. No, no, no. I I agree with you 100%. I don't think it's sort of like a, I'm not saying it as like, a oh, stupid millennials, they're so whiny and like entitled and they don't know how to deal with suffering just because they're on their phones all the time. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying like because of the world as it exists, people naturally psychologically develop no coping mechanisms or harmful coping mechanisms. Um, So that's what I meant by that. No, yeah. Sorry. I meant more like that. It's 
that like the, basically in saying that like the adversity is what makes us stronger or that that we need that co- competitive spirit etc it's that like maybe this is the adversity in this like poor mental health phase i don't know that to come okay. through this would be the i don't know i don't really know what i mean yeah, no, no, I, I do see what you're saying. And it is reductive to just say it's just that one thing. I think it's an, a, an interesting facet of it. Let's talk about someone getting sued. The homelessness uh, or city of sued. Toronto shelters. Jesus Christ. Ansi just did a crazy pose in the back. <laughs> um, Jenna, you shared this article. Do you want to tell us about it? Yes. Um, so there's a coalition of homelessness advocates that are suing the city of Toronto for its response to the COVID-19 crisis. Um, So the organizations behind this lawsuit include the Advocacy Centre for Tenants Ontario, the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, uh, the Black Legal Action Centre, and the HIV and AIDS Legal Clinic of Ontario. So what they're claiming is that shelters in the city failed to offer two meters of social distance between the shelter users, and therefore this violates our charter of rights. Um, but basically, so then the city came out with a response to it and said that, uh, they have been working extremely hard to kind of keep up with what was happening. And they had to pretty quickly relocate the homeless to various hotel rooms. They opened 11 new facilities, secured more than 1200 hotel rooms, um, well, dealing about with everything else, too. Yeah, so. and 770 people had moved into hotel rooms, um, with 492 people moved into community space. Is um, But so they also, they did open a 200-bed recovery facility for people experiencing homelessness who have tested positive for COVID. And this is the first-of-its-kind facility in Canada. Um, so it kind of, it utilizes... Uh, this fleet that safely transports the homeless person to and from the facility. Anyway, basically these advocates said that they didn't do it well enough. Um, I, I, like, I how think would that they, it was, were they not implementing the two meter rule kind of like just anywhere? Like, Oh, you're too close. Like it was really the people in there coming too close to each other or did they not they said set that the, it up they, properly? The advocacy group said that the beds were only a meter away from one another. Um, But I don't know. I just don't really see how this will benefit anyone. I mean, I think that the city responded probably as best as they could. And they also, they wrote an open letter in response to this. And they said that, like, amidst all of the stuff that was happening at an exponentially quick rate, um, when they were having to open these new facilities and relocate people, they have to, there are all the, this protocol they have to go through. So they have to have safety inspections. They have to make sure that the site has adequate amenities for residents and they have to secure contracts for cleaning, catering, security, linen and laundry services, et cetera. How much of Um, that do you think might've been overlooked or skipped over though, due to the urgency of the COVID situation? Like are, we might not be seeing the whole story if that's what, you know, the government is releasing. Well, wait, wait, what do you mean? I mean, like, if those are requirements of shelters and all of that sort of shit, how do we know that that's actually happening, especially if these people are saying it's not? Oh, no, that was like, that wasn't for the shelters. That was for relocating them to hotels in different spaces uh... um, to open up space in the shelter in order to 
yeah, like I was going to say, safe what's, social distancing. what's the other option here? Like reducing the capacity of the shelters and just allowing less people in and making more people remain on the streets. Like what were they supposed to really do there? Yeah, Tor- John yeah. Tory said, uh, we've had to do this carefully. This isn't just a matter of snapping your fingers and moving people overnight one day and being able to say it's all done. So there's like a whole process to uh, either relocating people or to creating spaces. Like if I'm sure they've like had a max of space in the shelter and in order to create more space you need to take something into account and there's all these safety regulations that if they didn't adhere to there would be another problem right exactly and then the rights of homeless people would be being violated but just in a different way so i i am interested in what their strategy is in this lawsuit and like what is the motivation um do you think it's genuine and they're like uh, yeah based on what i've read which is just one article it doesn't seem like it i'm I'm not seeing any sense to it but yeah there's not really that much information in the article i found like i haven't really found much on it it's hard to really say an opinion especially as like a white privileged bitch but i don't really I, i don't know i went on the black legal action center's website and i looked at their uh, a letter to the city of Toronto. Uh, and they mentioned mainly that it wasn't up to their standard, like they weren't treating the shelters the same as they were in other public spaces. But then to get even more to the root of the issue, they were saying that the fact that the shelters weren't practicing these social distancing measures, that this in turn has a more negative impact on the disproportionate amount of black and indigenous people who are likely to be in the shelter. So that's like their ingrained I just part don't understand it, but why at the, same- the shelters didn't uh, just like do all this shit in the first place. Like if you know that the what the rules are, why didn't you follow them? Well, the shelters are saying that they did, but I think it's just... So then what- I, as Sonia <sighs> said, I don't know what the motivation would be and like what would the downfalls be if the municipality... Uh, lost this money yeah that's what i was thinking too especially in this time when um the the money for the city is going to be on such a tight strain Uh, i mean like in terms of is this going to be harmful to the public in general it's Um, not utilitarian to sue the toronto (laughs) council right now i could understand drawing attention to that and i i don't even know enough about it to really comment on whether that's a valid argument but I don't know. I don't really know how monetary compensation is effective in yeah, that I situation. Guess, I guess it kind of just comes down to like, do we trust the municipality to use the money better and just leave the situation how it is? Or do we trust the groups who are suing them to use that money that they would possibly get more efficiently and for a better reason than the municipality would right now during these times? I guess if you're talking from like a you know, greater good point of view, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see how this plays out. Maybe more information will come out or maybe they'll just drop it. <laughs> why don't we just, maybe it's a political stunt. Why don't we just open up Trinity Bellwoods for the homeless? Round the clock <laughs> doctors, nurses, food trucks. Like the park? It'll be a party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of cider for everyone to go around and play some frisbee. Yeah, and then they could just do like like tents, just rows of tents. 
I sound so terrible right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put you on the case. Okay, speaking of speaking of political stunts, um, so Trudeau announced a, a you know a little something to address the fact that there a was a tragedy in Nova Scotia recently in the form of a weapons. Weapons ban, Brayden. Did you know a little something, something about Stop. this something, something? Um, so Trudeau announced uh, they're gonna ban. Uh, let me see here. It's fifteen hundred makes and models of military grade assault style, quote unquote, weapons in Canada, and it's effective immediately. So this is a pretty big deal for people that care about gun control. I know. Um, back on one of our first podcasts, we had kind of discussed the the issue with Toronto gun violence ever increasing. Um, and we kind of like touched on this. Um, but anyway, so yeah, they've actually enforced that. And that seems to be kind of a direct response to the uh, mass shooting that occurred a couple of weeks ago. And the fact that it was so instant kind of is sketchy because there was um, no really due process in that. It was just like a reactive action, I think, at least. Um, well, I think the Liberals had that in their campaign, though, That because I remember we had discussed that, that they were planning to do something like that, but that was kind of stagnant. And I think that the mass shooting was the catalyst for them to move for forward sure. with that plan. So I don't know if it was completely just random. Um, I know that one of the critiques, at least from Sheer... <laughs> Uh, yeah. They were so. This was actually He's looking forth. particularly doughy recently. He's, He's very doughy. got that quarantine fifteen. His dimples are getting deeper and deeper. He is becoming like a Pillsbury doughboy yeah. figure. Um, but yeah, this was this was put forth as an order of in council. So it isn't legislation that has to be passed in the house and to be debated and gone through question period, etc. So like an order in council is when. The cabinet drafts um, and all collectively agrees with the policy. So the liberal cabinet does. And then the governor general approves of it. And then it's implemented immediately. So they were people are saying that there wasn't democratic due process and that they were using this time as an excuse, which I think it was like a reactive thing to the Nova Scotia shooting thing. Oh, but but it was I a political thing for like, sure. Yeah. Whether it was good or not is a separate issue. Uh, was it like done to be like hey look we did something about this i think that that was the primary motivator um what do you guys think about the fact that what the the gunman used a gun that is on that is now being banned but he obtained it illegally he would have obtained it illegally right um yeah i think a lot of the argument against sorry against this action is that I think most crime is committed by illegally obtained guns. It's not generally quote-unquote responsible gun owners. And most violent Uh, gun crime isn't assault rifles in Canada. It's handguns. But yeah, and but the other argument, of course, being I think Trudeau specifically had a quote that there's there's uh, you don't need an AR-15 to bring down a deer. So there I do see that side of the argument that like what is there any point to having those weapons other than say sport There's a a lot of, like, confusion surrounding what assault rifle means, though, and some of the ones that they have banned. Like, I was talking to our friend Jade about this today because her man is a hunter, and she's been, like, learning all about it because she's going to start doing it with them. And she she was saying, too, that, like, shotguns are now illegal because of their barrel size. If it's bigger than two millimeters, it's illegal. 
and you can't add anything to a legal gun like a choke which makes your shot more accurate and allows like for better range essentially making a more humane kill because it's illegal now you can't add anything to a gun and it's like shotguns are a quintessential for farmers and shit you know what i mean also hunting season is coming up so it's like this is really, really detrimental for communities who depend on wild food and hunters who literally provide most of the money for all conservation in Canada. So it's just kind of like a rash decision, in my opinion, based on st- like just banning things that aren't really particularly understood. Because it's like I showed you guys, I sent you guys that picture in the chat, right? Jade sent it to me and it's like the exact same gun above and below and the bottom one just has added stuff to make a kill more humane for hunting and yeah I thought it was interesting the the learning a little bit I don't know shit but like like learning a little bit about the distinction between like assault rifle and not and like semi and I was Mm -hmm. like oh it's actually like very complicated and there is no kind of easy answers on what is constituted by this type of and the the types of guns that go are already like a no-go in Canada and have been for a long time um so basically I mean in terms of I think most people are coming to the conclusion that this was a political ploy but was it worth it like is it kind of is is there value in sending the message or is there value in i don't know like just kind of cracking down a little bit just to just to try and be safe or is it just kind of if it's not going to actually address the problem is it just pointless or or, and and is there danger in sort of being like hey look we did something and then we don't ever actually address any of the actual problems i think like just because they disregarded the due process in this one they didn't take it to council and it wasn't discussed that it's a it's a move backwards and Trudeau's kind of guilty for this and a bunch of other things too it's like he claims one thing he's like oh yeah I'm in, against this I'm against that and then it's like he does this which directly impact impacts the things that he was saying he was for or against in the opposite way you know what I mean like and it's just not good he's like oh I care about the environment climate change blah 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 and it's like the things that are giving the money to all conservation efforts in Canada, you just fucking struck with an axe. So do you really care yeah. about that or are you just reacting? Yeah, it's all like political posturing. But the thing that I think it is one of the most concerning things is how they're talking about. So any gun owners who now have, quote unquote, illegal firearms, they're going to be given a two year amnesty period. So and will by choice be provided fair compensation so the liberals promised some sort of buyback program that they actually announced in the last election Um, but this would cost taxpayers hundreds of millions of dollars and this buyback program is estimated to cost more than 350 million dollars so like this money technically that they're taking from uh legal gun owners who've been registered and it's a fucking heavy duty process as we've mentioned before like it's not like in the u.s where you can just go in in a lot of states and buy ammo and stuff (laughs) um this money that will now be taken (laughs) from like taxpayers to be given back to these gun owners for getting their guns it could go toward uh services like the canada canada border services agency right to actually crack down on um instead of licensed gun owners like criminals who are turning to the black market or to just proc- to keep procure. you could pour that resources as well into like offenders <clears throat> for like 
abuse and domestic violence or weapon charges and keep a better eye on them. Put that money into making those offenders check into a place every month or go to counseling for those people because we'd save a lot of fucking money in the long run if those psychopaths weren't given very light sentences taken out of jail and then they get their hands on more fucking guns or do something else crazy like we need to be putting more money into the root of the problems and not just being like goodbye guns like that's not gonna fucking do anything i think like in my opinion i agree that this was probably done too quickly and not with enough consideration into things such as what guns were banned unfortunately on my end of things i think that it was something that needed to be looked at in terms of banning specific guns and making a big statement i think i think um that it's easy to kind of belittle how much impact that could have but i think that this kind of makes a mockery of that and now like everyone's kind of going to be on the side of they fucked up instead of like actually looking at the issue and having taken it in with more nuance because it's easy to say we should put more money into the things that cause it People, a lot of people believe that is part of what causes it. So I think it's more nuanced than that. Um, but but yeah, it does seem like smuggling is probably a bigger issue. I just kind of wish they hadn't done this, if only to have kind of ruined the that side of the argument for the future. But I mean, like most mm, gun violence in Canada does come from illegal guns. So it's not even based on like opinion on that. It's like literal fact that no, I, 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 I banning agree with hunting that. guns for communities who rely on them isn't going to help with people shooting each other with handguns in Toronto and gangs, you know? But like, Yeah, but I'm saying like I could, I could understand that maybe they needed to look closer at which guns they were banning. I don't know enough yeah, yeah. about that, but I don't think that it's completely useless to have made such a large statement like that. I don't think it's completely useless. I just think they didn't do it right. Guys, real quick, I went into a Reddit black hole on this, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like on all these gun forums. Hell yeah! And, I, and someone an referred someone referred to the RCMP as the Alphabet Boys, and I was like, "Whoa!" Wait, as a compliment or as a insult? As an insult? Well, they're just like, well, uh, they they were just referring to them as that. I don't know if it was an insult or not, but they're like, next thing you know, you're gonna have the fucking alphabet boys showing up at your doorstep. What does that anyway. mean? I don't get it. Well, like RCMP. RCMP. Oh, I would have thought that pro gun people would like like the RCMP for some reason. <laughs> no, because so you're telling the me there's a rift. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's interesting. A rift because, because gun owners think that the RCMP just want to have all the firearms right. and have all that control and yeah. not be able to give it to the citizens. So then we can't fight back when the like we don't have the right to bear arms. On like bear. a personal yeah. level, it's another one of these things I'm a bit exhausted by. Like I get it and stuff, but I'm like <laughs> I don't care to listen to people talk about their guns getting taken away. But I know it's like very important. But you obviously see a certain type of person too that's uh that's very upset, uh, that probably isn't relying on them to hunt their food and support their community. <laughs> but I get I get it. Like there's there's reason to be upset that your rights are be I, but I know, I, I sometimes I'm just like, uh There like, are definitely like gun yeah. rights people, but like we do live in Canada, it's not the United States. Everything fucking north of the GTA people hunt and rely on that. 
that. No, means. no, I know. I'm, I'm just saying that, that there's something exhausting about it. There's a, there's a well. type for sure. Yeah. Particularly when like, like I'm Alberta, I, I, we looking at you. <laughs> I'm like fine with the uh, like the rights argument and certain arguments of like, well, it doesn't address the problem. So why should we be expected to like take on more? I get that. Once you start crossing into because then the government's going to come and like uh, <laughs> and like attack us and then I won't be able to defend myself. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't think that's going to happen. So you <laughs> lost me there. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of paranoia. Again, I'm just like the government's like totally uh, what do you call it? Uh, impotent like they're not they're not the fucking enemy number one if you're worried about someone like coming at you when i when i get property i'm definitely getting a gun if i lived alone in the country i would fucking (laughs) i don't want you to have a gun i don't want to have a gun unless i have property but it's a reality if you live on acreage you need a fucking gun especially like me if you want like chickens and fucking alpacas and shit you need a gun because wolves and coyotes and bears and other such pests like foxes and shit they will come they will they will eat all your food they will eat all your wildlife they will attack your dogs you gotta fucking send a message i think i think it's i totally that just flew by me i i for some reason i i think i trust ainsley with a gun i don't trust you with any like sharp objects like yeah like sharp objects pens even i would like kind of like try to avoid you because i feel like you don't understand that you can cause damage with them but because you understand you can cause damage with a real firearm then you would actually be careful when i hold sean's bb guns up at the cottage i've held one once shot it once and like that's good for me i feel the power in it and i can't i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna injure someone i need to put this fucking down the one person who should have a gun is my mind You blew my yeah. mind on that Ainsley observation. Like, you know, yeah. she didn't know how powerful it was when she was holding the lighter by my head and lit my hair on fire. Yeah, um, she's most dangerous yeah. with those kind of like uh, she doesn't like know her objects. Yeah. In, in her fence. Like, I remember, she once twisted my arm like Indian. Oh, wait, that's probably bad to say. <laughs> like, she didn't, What's like, the 2020 version of that? I don't know. Native American rug burn. Uh, but she like twisted my Indigenous. arm. Indigenous. but like it fucking hurt so much i still like we were children and like she didn't know how badly she hurt me but i remember that pain very vividly and i i think of that every time ainsley punches an unsuspecting (laughs) i'm toughening you guys up i'm a boomer in disguise yeah (laughs) she's tired of us being coddled yeah that's right we're we're just a bunch of snowflakes you don't want to get our hair lit on fire yeah ainsley is a boomer in disguise (laughs) like she did she still cannot remember for the life of her what a zoomer is like she's so beyond us what's the one above boomer uh, like old, old as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it like the like golden World War II veterans? The golden, <laughs> the golden people. <laughs> the greatest generation. Yeah, the greatest generation isn't that. Steve Bannon age. thinks that millennials are the next greatest generation. So we can just Who? We can prove him right. Steve Bannon. Goodbye, dear listeners. Wait, don't I have to do all this? Yeah. No. No. Oh, oh, no. I'm so sorry. That like uh, that would be uh, so funny if you just like tuned out and we just like awkwardly had to I like I shut everything down. 
sorry, go Especially, ahead, Ainsley. Take I'm it away. I'm so surprised, Sonia, because last time you missed the absolute unit because of your technological issue. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to be you like, I'm ready for this go. week's unit. I guess I forgot. I it like flew out of my mind because of that technological issue. Okay, take it away, Ainsley. Okay, here we go. All right. Well, you guys, if you want to keep up with the latest episodes, videos, news, and shenanigans, or contact us, you can follow us at Terry Foxy Ladies on most social media platforms like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and am I missing anything? I don't think so. I don't know. Again, that's at Terry Foxy Ladies and our website. Just Google Terry Foxy Ladies. And we would also love it if you submitted some absolute units and you would get a special spicy shout out if we use yours. And with that, I shall tell you my absolute unit of the week. So, I don't know if you guys saw it. But there was this video circulating. So in Toronto this week, apparently there was this guy. Well, there was. Not apparently. There fully was. This guy who was running around to people's um, doorsteps, stealing their mail and their packages, and then running down the street. So obviously obviously people called 911. So... The so uh, this officer responds to the call, and this is, like, kind of where the video begins. It's, like, just some person on their back porch, like, filming. And it's just this guy clutching all this mail, and, like, most of it isn't even packages. Like, a lot of it is just mail. Flyers. And he's, like, and he's, like kind of running down the street awkwardly, and the cop car is stopped, and she gets out, and she's just like, stop, stop. And then he just starts sauntering to the sides of the road, picking up giant rocks, and just throwing them at the officer. Oh, my God. And then she oh, did not see that coming. See yeah, this. and then she's like, what the fuck? So she kind of starts hiding behind the car, and then he just starts picking up more and more rocks and just smashing every single window on the cop car, just, like, sauntering around with one arm full of mail, one arm picking up the rocks. It's so, it's just such a funny video to watch. And then eventually, like, another cop car shows up, and they just, like, tackle him. But, like, it, it's just such a funny video because he's kind of moving slowly and, like, won't release the mail. And it's just, like, smashing. How old is he? Can you describe him a little bit? Sorry. Um, I couldn't really tell how old he was. But it did say in the article here. Let me pull it I up. I was going to say, like, 36. But <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing older. a six-year-old grizzled Santa Claus type of no. person. He's, he's 42. No. <laughs> oh, shit. So he's still got his life ahead of him. Yeah, his That's name is bad. Kola Alex Ogunkoya. And he is facing... Numerous charges, including assaulting an officer with a weapon, theft from mail, and uttering threats. So, <laughs> uttering. Well, I hope it was worth it. Isn't uttering threats like the weirdest charge? <laughs> Not yelling, but uttering. If you make them, if you yell them, you might be able to get a mitigated <laughs> sentence. But if you utter yeah. a threat, you're fucking yeah. going away for a long time. I'm say it to my face. And um, also the cop, too, tried to tase him twice, but the things couldn't get through his giant winter jacket or something. <laughs> oh, my God. Aww. So that's good to know. You yeah. Know, for so the fucking what's his name again? Cola Alex Ogunkoya. You are the absolute fucking unit of the week. An inspiration to us all yeah. during wow. these times. Honestly, who amongst us hasn't? Oh. Stolen mail. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> started a rock fight. It's reminiscent of the hammer guy, sort of. That's yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking one about time, that guy too. Um, there was a troublemaker in our neighborhood. One of my exes and I, we were like driving around in the middle of nowhere, probably like looking for abandoned houses or like smoking weed or something. 
And um, we went by this, like, really rich person's house that had this huge driveway. And then at the very end, it was, like, one of those gated entrances with, like, a code and, like, a camera. Not a camera, but just, like, a code and shit. And there was, like, these packages there. And we're like, let's fucking steal them. So we stole these packages. And it was, like, a big box. And we got back to his house. And we opened it. And it was all, like, old woman supplements. That's so sad. <laughs> we were, like, like for <laughs> <laughs> I know. You're a monster. So bad. But um, yeah, so again, tell us about your absolute units for an opportunity to be featured on the pod. And lastly, but not leastly, <laughs> so funny, if you visit our website and navigate your beautiful self to the support section, you can give us your money. Yay! We're saving up to buy Brayden, Michael Jackson's iconic bedazzled white glove. <laughs> Which she will, she will not God. be making fingerless, I assure you. Mm-mm. A great cause for a great girl. Oh yeah. Love That's it. Sick. Also, I might as well lean into it. I need to, I need to just mention this last thing too. I, I was Googling Michael Jackson's glove for like this, obviously. And this I came does. upon oh, no. this article from the Rolling Stone that Johnny Depp is producing a musical about Michael Jackson as told by his glove. <laughs> oh my God. And it's called For the Love of a Glove, an unauthorized musical fable. Is that real? Sean, Maybe Sean I should send the money that. there. I know. Literally when I read it, I was like, did Sean write this article? Like, the unauthorized He's going to be so excited. Glove. My boyfriend loves Michael Jackson. The picture is so funny too. It's just like a weird, gross photo of weird, gross Johnny Depp. And then just like a, like a photo of the, the bedazzled glove with a black background. And they go together so well. Can I can I donate my funds for the gloves to kickstart this uh, project? I'd Absolutely. like to support it. Yeah, never mind. I changed that. <laughs> the funds from this are going to go to producing I'm gonna be, this I'm going to be honest. I will make those gloves fingerless. <laughs> How dare oh, you? I got to respect your honesty, you? Brayden. Okay. See you Stay next safe. week, everyone. Bye. I'm waving. You can't see. Everybody uh, wave. Spotify. Goodbye. <laughs> okay. Three, two, one. Stop recording.